This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast, and I'm here with Lee. Hi, Lee. Welcome. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, good morning. Yeah, it's great to have you. So why don't you um, kind of walk us back to the beginning where, with your journey and alcohol? Where did it all start for you? I think I didn't start drinking until college, until around the age, you know, right around the age of 20, 21. Um, I didn't have, you know, any history of drinking in high school. And definitely um, immediately after having that first drink, I felt that warm feeling of, you know, wow, this, this feels different. And it was an immediate sense of what the draw is to alcohol. Um, and then through the rest of my college years, I, I binged drank a lot. Um, that's kind of what my college drinking looked like. And then as I transitioned from college to a career, um, it, it became less. And, you know, I think part of that just came with having to get up in the morning and having greater responsibilities. I, I don't know that I would consider myself a normal drinker, but it was definitely, it wasn't like it wasn't college. And that continued throughout my adulthood and early into um, marriage and having children and something after having the kids, I think that, you know, we live in a culture in which drinking is so normalized. Um, it was a way to unwind and relax. And it started out with a giant glass of wine at the end of the day, which turned into over time, a bottle of wine at the end of the day. I really noticed a shift in my drinking in 2014 when my dad passed away. Day drinking became more of a thing. Um, you know, the occasional glass of wine with lunch. I would be wrapping up, I work from home. So I would be wrapping up my work day. I would have a beer, you know, three o'clock, 3.30. Um, I remember my son coming home from school at one point and he got off the bus and he's like, wow, you're already drinking, you know? Um, so these little, these things that happened along the way where, where my kids would say stuff or my husband would say stuff, they, they were, there was a voice inside my head saying, you might want to reconsider yeah. your drinking and your relationship with alcohol. Um, and so I would have these long periods of time around 2017 is when I discovered this naked mind and you and started some following some other people, um, you know, who had written some quit lit and who are really leading the journey in an alcohol-free lifestyle. And I had some success with some long breaks from alcohol where I would have 30 days, 40 days. I even had 75 days, but always returned with the idea that I could moderate, that I, if I could take enough time off, it would give me time to really reevaluate my relationship with alcohol. So it wasn't such a significant part of my life. And then 
fast forward to the pandemic and all of that time at home with my family, my husband and I share an office. Um, it was kind of like no rules applied and a lot of jokes around drinking to deal with things. I started buying wine by the box so I wouldn't have the bottles in my recycling. I would go down, you know, earlier and earlier every day. By two, I was filling my wine glass and I felt horrible. Um, not only about myself and the fact that I was drinking so much to cope, but I physically did not feel well. It was, mm. it was dragging me down. I was tired. It was negatively impacting my sleep, which was resulting in crippling anxiety. And I just wanted, I wanted better. I wanted better for me. I wanted better for my kids. And my grandfather passed of COVID in May of this year. Oh, and man. I returned to Missouri for his funeral. And that's when I can't remember if I was on social media or on my laptop, but that's when I saw that this naked mind had the path as an offering. And I signed up as, you know, kind of a last, last ditch effort. Like I need, I need help. I need a community. And, um, so that's, that's what led, led me to really shift, um, my relationship with alcohol. So I joined in June of, of this year. Um, and so I've been alcohol free since June 12th of, of 2020. So coming on five months. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. How Thank wonderful. You. Oh, so how has life been? Because we're still in the pandemic. Things are still crazy. You still lost your grandfather. So how are you, how are you handling it all? I, I, I was joking with my mom the other night about like, I, I picked a really rough year to stop drinking <laughs> given all that, you know, we're going through as, as a nation, um, as people. And it's been so much better than I could ever imagine. Um, it was, it was not, it's not easy. You know, it wasn't, um, even with the support I had through the path, it wasn't easy, but it was doable. It was manageable. And I have found so many other ways to spend my time. I have so much time. Um, I still waste time, but um, not, I don't waste it by drinking it away. Um, I am so present with my children. I remember everything they tell me. I remember tucking them in bed every single night. Um, we bought paddle boards this summer and you know, I would wake up and say, what, what body of water do, do you wanna hit today? Where do you wanna go? And I felt well enough to do that. And I, I could trust myself and I could trust my body that you know, no matter what happens, like if I had a bad night's sleep, it wasn't because of alcohol, it was just because of a bad night's sleep and, and how I feel the next day is exponentially better than how I used to feel when I was drinking. Oh, that's so wonderful. And how has it been with your husband? I think it took a while for him to trust me, to mm -hmm. trust that when I told him that I was joining the path and that I wanted to stop drinking, that I was actually going 
to make it happen um, because he's seen me do this several times before, make a commitment to stop and then two months later, order a glass of wine when we're out. And then it's just a downward spiral. And so he, it's been good. I mean, he's, it's been an adjustment. I mean, he and I used to have a nightcap on the weekends after the kids went to bed and we would connect over a glass of wine on the patio. And so that's shifted, but it's, it's better. He's made comments about me not missing details. And he's like, whoa, your productivity is kind of overwhelming me. I'm just a better version of myself. And I think it took him some time to notice that, but um, he's, he's very supportive. It's been, it's been great. That's so great. Wow. How amazing. And I know it's a weird time for social life, um, but how has it been socially? <laughs> socially, you know, like you say, and your words are in the back of my head. And, um, you know, I had coach Carlin, coach Carolyn on the path and they've been, you know, instrumental throughout this process. And then as well as my path group and really having these mantras that we say, um, some of them, I think I started out with drinking is not an option, regardless of what happens in my day, in my life, in my kid's life, in this nation, in this world, drinking is not an option. I have to find another way to deal with how I'm feeling about things. And then secondly, not today. Mm -hmm. um, taking it um, in small chunks of time, just not today, not today. And so those mantras really helped me get through social, situ social situations early on. Um, you know, they've been less obviously because of quarantine. I will say I went over, um, I joined a group of friends, a friend turned her garage into like a swanky little lounge and went over there the other night. And it's, there haven't been nights that I've just sat in circles where people are just drinking, you know, just drinking and having conversation for long periods of time. And it, even, even almost five months in, it felt a little uncomfortable, but it wasn't that I was missing drinking. I wasn't, I wasn't missing alcohol. I wasn't, it was just like, I felt like I wasn't part of community, but that shifted very, it, it didn't take long for it to shift. It was just that early on, like, oh, I haven't been in this situation in a while. What does this look like? This is different for me. And then I kind of leaned into it and it was okay. And, and I know when to, I know when it's time to go home. You know, I, I know when I, I can't get any more out of the situation. It served me as much as it's going to serve me and it's time to leave. I took another friend home um, and woke up the next day feeling great. So I think they've been different. Social situations have been different. Um, better mostly. Um, again, that discomfort fades. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I can relate to that. It's been a while now, but I definitely can relate to it just being different and uh, feeling like you're just not, you, you don't exactly know where you're, sta where you're standing. You're not exactly on even ground. And um, the original path program before the one you joined, we actually architected it so that it was an entire year so that everybody went through um, 
every single event. Because I think the first time you do anything, and I noticed this in my life, I started doing these little self-experiments. I remember the first time flying on an airplane and, and not ordering a drink, which now isn't even an option if you're on an airplane. But at that point in time, I like literally knew that if the stewardess came, I was going to have order too many bottles of wine when she came the first time. And then hopefully at least one or two, if, she, if it was a longer flight right. when she came the second time, I had it planned out. You know, I kind of like had my whole, my whole deal. And I remember the first time getting on an airplane and not ordering wine. Um, it does, it makes you feel just like, you're just like, mm -hmm. this is new. This is different. I'm not quite sure what's happening here, but the funniest thing started to happen is I started to actually remember the like little TV shows I was watching on my iPad. And then I realized that I'd missed so much that I could go back yeah. and watch entire seasons and like be surprised. And I was like, oh, wow. Because that was like my guilty pleasure time. So I was, you know, at home, it was all the kids at work. It was busy. So it's like, okay, on the plane, I'm not going to be, I had, I'd made this little self-care commitment to myself that on the plane, I wasn't going to be doing, you know, all this other stuff. I was just going to be watching some guilty pleasure television. And it was really funny. Cause I got to like rewatch all my favorite shows after I stopped drinking, which was the silver lining, but it does feel off balance right at first. It's, it's just kind of this thing of like, huh, this is new. This is different. I don't, miss drinking or want to drink, but I need to adjust to this. And so that idea of going through a year and all the calendar events, mm -hmm. um, I think can be really powerful. I do think that's significant. And, um, coach Carolyn said it took her a full year before she really felt like she got her footing and felt grounded and, you know, not drinking was really normalized for her. And that's another thing, you know, I'm giving this a year. That's what I said from the beginning. I'm giving it a year. I'm giving it four seasons. Awesome. And um, it is interesting because the months that I had taken long periods off in the past are easier than the months where it's new. You know, I had never been through an August not mm. drinking before, but I've been through a September and October. Um, November is new, you know, with with Thanksgiving. And, um, I was, I was not drinking in January this year either with, for, um, New Year's Eve, my birthday, I went to Vegas sober and not drinking, you know? So I think those milestones really do help normalize what life on the other side of alcohol looks like. And knowing that you're not missing out on the fun, you're not missing out on the laughs, being present only adds to the experience and the memories. Yeah, it's so true. I am, um, I like if I had to put percentages to it, you know, I would say that the second time you do that same thing, like, so the second time I got on an airplane and didn't order wine, it was like probably 80 to 90% easier than the first time. It, it's amazing, like just, just one rep, and then you get more and more reps and it, it becomes effortless, but like just one rep, you know? And I remember the first time we did, um, we used to have a live conference we did every year. So we did this Naked Mind Live in 2018. And it was really funny because one of the first questions that I got was, I felt so uncomfortable walking through the airport um, because I always stop at the airport bars. And so when I was getting into the airport, my, her routine had been that she'd walk into the airport. She'd give herself enough time to be able to stop at one of those little bars outside the gate, 
order herself a glass of wine before getting on the plane. And she goes, so that was so uncomfortable. I knew I was coming here. I thought it would totally defeat the purpose to like get drunk on the plane while I'm coming to this event. So I wasn't going to do that. So, and I was so uncomfortable and I was like, okay, I want you to notice something. And I want you to tell me how it goes. I want you to notice how you feel on the return trip, walking by the airport bar. And she did, she told me, and she's like, it was almost as if it wasn't a thing. And it's, I think the intensity of the off balance feeling like just dropped just with the one rep, you know? So like the next time I also went to Vegas really early in um, not drinking, I think it was within months. And I remember actually sitting in a hotel room late night, we were all kind of like winding down, but nobody quite wanted to go to bed yet um, with my friends. And I don't know what we were talking about, but I remember laughing so hard. I couldn't breathe. And I was like crying and, you know, and it was so funny because everybody else had been drinking, but for some reason, whatever was happening was striking me so much funnier because it was so much more raw than it was striking (laughs) them. And, and then I remember, so we stayed up till two or three in the morning that first night and everybody was drunk except me. And then the next morning we're all at brunch and we're inside and they're all wearing, you know, sunglasses. Oh, give me the coffee. And I'm like bouncing around. I'm like, all right guys, what are we doing? What's your problem? You know? And it was so probably frustrating and annoying for all of them, but it was just so interesting. And it was interesting because that was the second day in Vegas. The first day in Vegas, it was, it was that off balance situation. But by the second day, I was just like, oh, here I am. And so I think, you know, just if you give yourself that first chance the second time of, of anything, whether it's, I mean, whether it's having sex for the first time and then the second time, or whether it's going out to happy hour, it's amazing how much better you feel just that second time around. Yes. Yes. So good. So um, is there anything else sort of in your journey? Have, have your kids started to notice and mention changes? You know, I have, yes, I have a 14 year old and I have twin 10 year olds and the 14 year old he was really what you know kind of noted that alarm in me that you know like I said about the whole coming home from the bus and me having a drink so gosh he would have been around 10 at the time 10 11 and um yeah he I'm gonna let my dog out here um, that's what happens whenever I ask everybody to leave the house. Um, and I'm the only one on dog duty. Um, and so it has, it has made a big difference in our relationship. And I think with similarly to my husband, it has taken time for him to trust that I'm not going to return to old behavior. The twins don't seem to notice as much but you know i am awake during movies i am um awake when they're reading to me i'm much more willing to hop on a bike and go on a bike ride or you know i don't go to the whenever we used to go to movies right um but um you know i think about going to movies and being present during the movie and not needing a be, you know, a beer. There's, there's alcohol available everywhere. I, my brother came out, he lives in Missouri and he came out and visited me and he's like, you can drink like basically anywhere in Oregon. When we went to church, he's like, this is the first place I've been where alcohol hasn't been served. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't, I, it, it's hard to put into words what that shift 
has been in our relationship, but it's a greater sense of trust and presence. And he's mentioned it a couple of times, me not drinking, but I can't really verbalize. It's, a, it's more of a feeling than it is a conversational acknowledgement of this shift. And, you know, I really want my kids to understand that this is, this was hard, you know, um, this wasn't easy, but I love myself and I love them enough um, to really know how significant this change would be for all of us. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's goodness and it's, it's motivation to never go back, you know? There's a lot of motivations to never go back, but um, my kids are really at the top of that list. Mm, that's so beautiful. That's amazing. That's really great. Um, what about like your extended family? So you said your grandfather passed like mm -hmm. COVID um, and then your parents, like, did you drink with them? Do they drink? Has it been awkward and uncomfortable in that relationship or how is that framing out for you? You know, I think um, everyone in my family has a kind of all or nothing approach to alcohol. So um, my brother, has, he's taken years off where he doesn't drink, you know, and, and, and my mom, the same, like long periods of time. My dad passed away, um, a, you know, like I said, in 2014. Um, but it hasn't, no, that hasn't really been an issue. It's more like who's not drinking right now, you know, um, than it is who is drinking. But I, I have seen that my behavior encourages more positive behavior in, in family members. You know, I think my poor husband, I think he was drinking because I was just a big pusher, you know, like his drinking has significantly cut down because I'm not opening a bottle of wine every single night. And part of me is like, was he drinking wine to help save me from myself? Like, oh, if I drink a glass of that, she won't drink this entire bottle, even though, you know, I would just open another one. Um, or was he drinking just to be participatory? I haven't, I haven't had that conversation with him, but it would be, it would be interesting. And, you know, he, like I said, he's, it's kind of been a slow progression with him trusting me again, but I do find he's a lot more willing to talk about it now. It was, it was kind of the elephant in the room, you know, um, still wanting me to drink, but not drink too much. And I, you know, I don't think he had any idea really how much I was drinking at the end of the day. I would probably right now be taken back by how much I was drinking. If it was, you know, if I had a really clear picture of it, I know about, but by the end and those boxes of wine, I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I'll say, oh, it's going to be five months, you know, that I've been alcohol free and talked about going to the friend's swanky garage the other night, you know, and he asked, you know, are you finding it gets easier? Um, so I appreciate those questions. I felt like they were somewhat taboo, but I think we were both kind of getting our footing and knowing what this looked like short term and longer term. That's it's really an evolution, you know, to get to where I am. And 
I think it'll probably look different six months from now. Um, yeah. Yeah, it really is like a journey, a path, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and um, that was very similar with my husband. He was really in bulk drinking because I was drinking. And I mean, he didn't stop at least for the first year or so, but it was so much less because I wasn't like just, and he was like, well, I wouldn't have, you know, necessarily thought about it. But then when it was there in front of me, I was like, okay, you know, no big deal. So it was interesting. There just wasn't as much thought going into it. And so then when I wasn't pushing it, then he just wasn't being proactive about it. I think, you know, it'd be the same thing of like ice cream or something. He would just be like, oh, well, if somebody else is having it, then I'll have it too, you know, but it's not like he's like, oh, okay, I need my ice cream sort of thing. That's kind yeah. of how but yeah, it's really cool. Awesome. So let me ask you the question that I always kind of ask, which is if you were going to go back um, and tell Lee about how it was for you when you were um, self-medicating and taking breaks and, you know, really struggling, especially in the early days of um, just like things creeping earlier and earlier, no rules, uh, you know, lots of jokes just to make it easier, but then feeling like you're physically just not feeling good at all and tell her about what life is like now, what would you say? I think I would remind myself that I'm capable and that I'm strong and instead of sitting on the sidelines and waiting and watching and following all of these feeds that are incredible and you know looking at other people's stories um, have confidence to create your own story um, because your life can be just as beautiful as these other people who have stopped drinking. And when they say life is better and fuller, it, it really is. You know, I, these aren't words people are saying just as reaffirmations. I mean, this is, this is truth. Like life is clearer and better and different in so many ways. And I'm just realizing like my potential. I'm so excited to see it unfold in the next six months over the next five years. It's, it's goodness. It is, it really is. And I think you're right. I think we can, you know, hear all of this stuff and make it sound like cliche, like, oh, well, I don't know. Everybody says that. I don't know if it's really true, you know, but it is really true. Like it, it is really better. We can experience just so much more of what we're meant to in a really good way. So I love that. It's really yeah. cool. And I think, you know, it's, it's a commitment too. Yeah. It, oh, it's a long-term commitment. And that has been the change for me in saying, you know, I'm, I'm taking 30 days off or I'm taking 40 days off and then I'm going to reevaluate that it, that doesn't work for me. I've tried it. Um, I'm not reevaluating, you know, I'm just, I'm just done. And I think diving in head first and making that commitment is a big part of it. Not drinking is not an option. It's just not. So find something else to do, 
find a different way. Um, the discomfort will pass and probably quicker than you anticipate. Um, but yeah, just dive in head first. I love that. It's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Lee. This has been such a pleasure. It's really great to hear your story and get to know you. Thank you. Like I said, you are a superstar to me. So this has been my privilege. I really appreciate this time with you. Thank you. Are you ready for a deep dive and truly lasting change? If so, you might consider my intensive program. It's a nine-week self-led program that you can do in the complete comfort of your own home, and it will truly transform your relationship with alcohol. If you want to learn more about this, go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash intensive. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.